Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will and I want to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting this podcast since day one and hit that subscribe button because it's super important that we get more people to subscribe to the pod so we can move up the ranks and do this together, guys. So thanks so much to all the uh, space cadets out there. Now I'm going to go into something just for a second that's really cool and involves SpaceX and also it involves one million of something that SpaceX wants to make. One million of these things. And I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But uh, we're also going to talk about Ultima Thule, the uh, asteroid way out there in the Kuiper Belt. Way, way out there. It's two balls, right? Intersecting and smooshed together. But it's not. And I'll tell you about that as well. Why it's not two circles globe thingies smooshed together. Uh, That's coming up. But before I want to talk to you guys about WPThreat.com. If you run a WordPress website, you need WPThreat.com because they block out all the bad guys that are trying to do horrible things to your website and your website visitors. They make an IP threat blocker that blocks out things like botnets, data breaches, theft, ransomware, phishing and installing malware on your WordPress website. It collects and blocks the IP addresses of cyber threats based on hundreds of blacklists and proprietary sources. It takes about five minutes to install. Go to WPThreat.com to go get it. It doesn't conflict with any other plugin and runs automatically to protect you. And it's all just $20. So if you run a small business, if you run a mom and pop shop, if you have an online presence with WordPress, This is the plugin that you absolutely need. Go to WPThreat.com and check it out. So what is SpaceX making that they need a million of? SpaceX wants to make one million Earth stations that will get users online with their satellite Starlink broadband project. So last year, SpaceX launched and tested two microsatellites that will form the backbone of its Starlink broadband project, and in November, it secured authorization to launch 7,000 plus satellites to get the network up and running. Now, the next part of this, they want to make an Earth network of over 1 million Earth stations. In a filing to the FCC, SpaceX Services, which is a sister company to SpaceX, requested a blanket license authorizing operation of up to 1 million Earth stations that end user customers will utilize to communicate with SpaceX's NGSO, non-geostationary orbit, constellation. So basically, these are relay stations. This is where your device would connect to this Earth station, and that Earth station would ping the satellite, and then that satellite would ping the provider 
And it's a whole thing. Then the provider pings back to the satellite. The satellite pings back to the Earth station. The Earth station pings back to your device. And now you have internet on your device because of these one million Earth stations. And this is going to be really cool because it's going to connect people that don't have connectivity or aren't able to get connectivity right now. So these satellites, they're going to be everywhere around the Earth. So if you're in the middle of the desert, if you are in the Arctic and it's like there's no Internet provider anywhere, or if you don't have the money to get an Internet provider set up in your community, this is going to be there around Earth no matter where you are. And that's why these one million providers and these uh, Earth stations, uh, they're going to be super important to get people connected to this worldwide satellite Internet. And Starlink is different than normal satellite providers, something like DirecTV or so, you know something like that, because traditional satellite-based internet technologies, um, they're they're very far away, and SpaceX is is only in low Earth orbit, so the distance between them and the receivers on the ground is shorter, and it travels much faster between the satellites and the Earth stations, so you're. Uh, your delay will be much less. It'll be a much faster speed than uh, normal satellite internet providers. And also, they're in non-geostationary orbit, which means that they are not traveling at a fixed velocity to stay in the same place relative to the Earth's rotation. The satellites and the Earth stations will make use of two frequency bands in the electromagnetic spectrum that are not currently used in commercial satellite broadband systems, but NASA uses them, and they use them to communicate with the ISS and other sort of communications that need satellites. And the Earth stations will transmit in the range of 14.0 and 14.5 gigahertz, part of the KU band, the KU band, and receive in the range of 10.7 to 12.7 gigahertz, part of the X band. And this is just a filing with the FCC for now. But since they've already authorized the uh, infrastructure, the satellite part of this, it's probably going to get approved. And SpaceX is looking to deploy the Earth stations in 2020, which is next year, which is not that far off. So there's going to be some satellites going up and there's also going to be the Earth stations. And then we're going to have global Internet. Before you know it, you won't be tied down to your local cable provider, you're going to be able to jump on SpaceX's internet anywhere you go. Um, we don't know anything about pricing or anything right now. We don't know anything about the commercial side of this. We don't know anything about what we're going to have to pay or what kind of services they're going to provide, but they're getting this infrastructure set up. So in the future, in the near future, everything is going to be good and we'll have global internet for everyone everywhere. This project, it's about $10 billion to develop. SpaceX aims to have the Constellation operational by the mid-2020s. So that's next year, man. They want this thing out there. They already have 12,000 spacecraft going up. They've already been approved. We got this new satellite global internet. How exciting is that? How excited are you? I mean, I'm not sure what the pings are going to be. I don't know what the prices are going to be, but hopefully it's going to be reasonable. And hopefully we can switch to a SpaceX um, global satellite system in the near future. 
Let me know what you think about global internet by tweeting me at Space News Pod or on Facebook at Space News Pod. Now, have you heard about Ultima Thule? It's a really weird object in the Kuiper Belt, and it just got really weird. So New Horizons spacecraft, it's a NASA spacecraft. It did a flyby of this thing on New Year's of 2019, and it's the most distant world ever explored by humankind. So it's weird. This thing is weird. Ultima Thule, we thought it was kind of too, if you take like a, it looked like a gourd. I guess is the, the best way to put it. It looked like you put a, a baseball and a golf ball and you stuck them together. That's kind of what it looked like. Uh, but there's new images that are coming back from New Horizons that show us that it doesn't really look like that anymore. It's not two balls put together. It's f- pretty flat. And Alan Stern, who's the principal investigator for this mission, said this is an incredible image sequence taken by a spacecraft exploring a small world four billion miles away from Earth. Um, Nothing quite like this has ever been captured in imagery. And newly released images also contain important scientific information about the shape of Ultima Thule, which is turning out to be one of the major discoveries from this flyby. So investigators put together 14 images of the flyby into a short departure movie and New Horizon scientists can confirm that the two sections or lobes of Ultima Thule are not spherical. It doesn't look like a snowman. The larger lobe, uh, nicknamed Ultima, more closely resembles a giant pancake. And the smaller lobe, nicknamed Thule, is shaped like a dented walnut. Stern went on to say we had an impression of Ultima Thule based on the limited number of images returned in the days around the flyby but seeing more data has significantly changed our view. It would be closer to reality to say Ultima Thule's shape is flatter, like a pancake, but more importantly, the new images are creating scientific puzzles about how such an object could even be formed. We've never seen something like this orbiting the sun. The departure images from the scientific team were taken from a different angle than the approach photos and reveal complementary information on Ultima Thule's shape. The central frame of the sequence was taken on January 1st at 5.42 Universal Time. And that's when New Horizons was 5,494 miles beyond Ultima Thule and 4.1 billion miles from Earth. The object's illuminated crescent is blurred in the individual frames because a relatively long exposure time was used during this rapid scan to boost the camera's signal level. But the science team combined and processed the images to remove the blurring and sharpen the thin crescent. Many background stars can also be seen in the individual images. And watching which stars blinked out as the object passed in front of them allowed scientists to outline the shape of both lobes, which could then be compared to a model assembled from analyzing pre-flyby images and ground-based telescope observations. The shape model we have derived from all the existing Ultima Thule imagery is remarkably consistent with what we have learned from the new Crescent images, said Simon Porter, who is a New Horizons co-investigator from the Southwest Research Institute, and he leads the shape modeling effort. And Hale Weaver, who is the New Horizons project scientist from the John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory, said, while the very nature of a flask 
fast flyby in some ways limits how well we can determine the true shape of Ultima Thule. The new results clearly show that Ultima and Thule are much flatter than originally believed and much flatter than expected. Uh, this will undoubtedly motivate new theories of planetesimal formations in the early solar system. So how cool is that? The, uh, they had all these ideas of what this thing was from initial observations, and then they actually get there. They do some science on this. They science the heck out of it. They get a lot of images for it and come to find out it's not two orbs stuck together. It's not a snowman. Doesn't look like a baseball and a golf ball. It looks more so like a pancake and a walnut. I mean, this is just incredible and it's never been seen before. So this is a whole new thing. That's it's just it's new to humanity. We've never seen anything like this. Where do we go from here? Why didn't the gravity make it two orbs? Why didn't it make it two circles? You know, um, why hasn't it why hasn't it formed like that? Um, best guess is that uh, Thule, the smaller of the objects, um, it's like a walnut and it just crashed into Ultima and that's it. And they just got sucked into each other. And that's how they've stayed this whole time. Eventually, you know, eventually the gravity will morph them into something more circular. Also, when they run into other things, you know, uh, all the gravity will suck them all together and they'll make a make an orb out of it, make a world out of it. And this cool thing, Ultima Thule, um, it's it's new science. And that's what's important here is that we get to learn something new every single day. And that's why I do this podcast. That's why I do this every day, uh, because I want to learn things myself. I mean, I, I really hope you guys are out there and enjoying this. And if you are, make sure to follow at Space News Pod on Twitter and on Facebook. Also go to spacenewspodcast.com. And you can also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Space News Podcast. And I also want to thank WPThreat.com by Musubu, the sponsor of this episode. And they make it possible for us to continue doing this every single day. So if you have a WordPress website, check them out. Uh, they're really helpful and they can catch the bad guys before anything bad happens to your website or your customers. All right, folks, that has been the Space News Podcast. My name is Will. Thank you for listening. And I will see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.